Bishop here at Chapel of the Cross. And we also welcome those who are watching online right now through the live stream. Welcome, everybody. For those who are on the live stream, don't forget you can go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, and under the resources tab, you'll find the bulletin there so you can follow along with us here in the worship service. And if you'd like, you can give your offering to the Lord under the Give tab on the home page. We've been focusing on the hands of the Passion throughout this season of Lent. Tonight, we look at how our Savior suffered under the hands of brutality. God's blessings to you as we worship this evening. We begin by singing together that opening hymn, Cross of Jesus, Cross of Sorrow. As it's printed in your bulletin, or you can use our hymn notes, hymn number 428. We stand to sing together. name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, 
and he relents from sending calamity. Jesus said, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. I am worn out calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail looking for my God. Those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs of my head. Many are my enemies without cause those who seek to destroy me. I am forced to restore what I did not steal. You know my folly, O God. My guilt is not hidden from you. May those who hope in you 
not be disgraced because of me, O Lord, the Lord Almighty. May those who seek you not be put to shame because of me, O God of Israel. For I endure scorn for your sake, and shame covers my face. I am a stranger to my brothers, an alien to my own mother's sons. For zeal for your house consumes me, and the insults of those who insult you fall on me. When I weep and fast, I must endure scorn. When I put on sackcloth, people make sport of me. Those who sit at the gate mock me, and I am the song of the drunkards. But I pray to you, O Lord, in the time of your favor. In your great love, O God, answer me with your sure salvation. Rescue me from the mire. Do not let me sink. Deliver me from those who hate me from the deep waters. Do not let the floodwaters engulf me, or the depth swallow me up, or the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, O Lord, out of the goodness of your love. In your great mercy, turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer me quickly, for I am in trouble. Come near and rescue me. Redeem me because of my foes. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord God, our refuge and our strength, when the restless powers of this world and the fury of Satan rise up against your holy city, watch over it and keep it safe. Be with us in every time of trouble and bring us to the new Jerusalem where you live and reign, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. A reading from the Passion History from Luke chapter 23. Then the whole assembly arose and led him off to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Christ, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests in the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted. He stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and has come all the way here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. When he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform some miracle. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there, vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him. Dressing him in an elegant robe, they sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and he said to them, You brought me this man as one who is inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither is Herod, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. With one voice, they cried out, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us. Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. 
Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again. But they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he spoke to them. Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 27th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. Together we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we sing our hymn together.
Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as Pastor said, today, for this week in Lent, we are focusing on the hands of brutality. I know that a lot of times we think of Lent as a time when we are always forced to think about why things get violent, and really we'd rather look forward to all the good stuff. We know where things are going. We know that Jesus will raise from the dead. That's what we want, but we also do need to focus on the suffering. Jesus suffered at the hands of brutality for a very good reason. It's for us. You see, without Jesus actually suffering what we should have suffered, we would have death to look forward to. That would be all that we are going toward, and every moment of our life would just be going from one moment of brutality to the next until the end. But Jesus' suffering for us is something that we can be thankful for because he is saving us from some of that suffering. And we can even be thankful when we do suffer because Jesus' suffering also brings us to repentance. And when we are in right standing with Jesus, the suffering has a purpose. We now are suffering with him and we can look forward to being with him also in eternity. So suffering does have a point. It lets us, when we focus on it, it lets us practice our thanksgiving, practice our repentance, and it frees us from the suffering that we, have to, that we would have to face otherwise. We will be facing some suffering. Like I said, that you cannot avoid that. There will be trials because we humans, we are, we are really good at practicing brutality. I don't think you have to really look any farther than the big world event that's going on. The war in Ukraine, there is a lot of people practicing to be as brutal as they can. Think about it, when you have the Ukrainian soldiers practicing shooting, they're not doing that intending to miss. When the missiles are programmed and guided into hospitals, it's not to heal the children. And when normal citizens are making as many Molotov cocktails as they can, it's not to greet the invaders with joy. I had to be very careful when coming up with examples in the war of Ukraine because we look at that and we say, we know who the bad guy is. We know that the defenders are just. But that doesn't mean we can excuse or ignore the brutality. Both sides are full of sinners that are all practicing to be as brutal and violent and destructive as they can. And that's true for us, for those of us who are sitting in this room. Now, some of you might be thinking, no, no, I am, I'm not brutal. 
I try my best to be good. I, I don't do any of that war stuff. And I am not brutal like the people who brutalized Jesus. That's not me. Oh, really? So, every time you pass the same panhandler, day after day, ignoring his existence, you know, Jesus' disciples abandoned him to die alone on the cross. Or how about when we are doing our social media and we get angry at what someone posted? We want to put them straight. When Pontius Pilate was trying to release Jesus, the crowds, they were angry too, and they cried out to Pontius Pilate, crucify him. Or what about when we are having troubles in this world and we take, we morbidly and regrettably take a little bit of joy when we see others having problems as well, the schadenfreude, hoping it makes us feel a little bit better. Well, Jesus was mocked even by a criminal that was being crucified with him. Worst yet, what about that friend or that coworker or that neighbor who you have not shared God's gracefully given and saving gospel word with them because you were afraid it might make things a little awkward? Jesus was forsaken even by his own father in those last hours. We are brutal. We are brutal. We may not like to think about it, but we are. And we are supposed to suffer for that. But Jesus did suffer for us instead. He suffered even the greatest brutality of all. He suffered the curse of death on our behalf. And I say curse on purpose. Because Galatians, it's very explicit. Paul is telling us why we, those of us here, get to be part of God's people. And he says it's because Jesus suffered the curse of death to hang on the tree. But we see it from the very beginning, too. In Genesis, when Adam and Eve were no longer in the garden, and the curses of sin had moved in, they knew that the curse of death was waiting for them. They would die. Now that's not part of God's original plan in creation. When God spoke creation into existence with the word, the word which is Jesus Christ, he made everything perfect and said, it is good. He had it all set up, ready to go to eternity. But then sin ruined the perfection. And anything that is not perfect before God must cease to be. Instead of destroying everything and starting over again, God the Son, 
out of love for his creation, wanted to redeem it, wanted to make it perfect again. And he knew that through his death, we would be able to be perfect because when we stand with him before the Father, we are perfect. Now we have to wait until that time in the future, during the new creation, where we will be spending eternity with God, when we will have that true perfection. But until then, we know from what Jesus did, from his death and resurrection, that we have this sign and this hope that it will come to us. We have this great, amazing love that Jesus shared and bled for us. A wonderful, sacrificial love. And what do we do in return? We continue on in our life of brutality, our life of sin, our life that deserves the suffering. And it's only because he sacrificed himself that we escaped it. Now, when I'm talking about sacrificial love, this is not just a normal love. Even if we have the purest human love that we can imagine, and all we want to do is the best for someone else and hope that they will love us back, God's sacrificial love is so much more than that. The sacrificial love is him giving everything, him ignoring his godhood that made it so that he was not subject to death. He gave all that up so that we could be with him in eternity. That is amazing love. I have had some experience with a worldly version of this love. I'm sure most of you have. For me, I remember my grandparents. They let me live in their house on multiple occasions when I needed a place to stay. They did not make any special house rules for me. They did not have any expectations. They didn't ask me to give anything back. All they wanted to do was give. They loved me and they didn't want anything back. I was very thankful. I wanted to return their kindness but they wouldn't accept it because there were no expectations in their sacrificial love. That is true love. And with God, it is so much more than that. Earlier on, I said that during Lent, and when we think about suffering, it helps us practice thankfulness and repentance how could we not be thankful for what God has done for us? How could we not want to be in his good graces and turn toward him, which is what repentance leads to for everything he has done for us? What do we do? We return with more brutality, which is, again, why he died for us. You see, he did it because we can't stop it ourselves. We are incapable. 
but because of what he has done for us and suffered for us. We have his promise, his promise that because of what he did, we will be with him in eternity. He has placed this promise in you when you were baptized. Because when you are baptized into the life and death of Jesus Christ, yeah, we are also baptized into his suffering. But we are baptized into his being raised up and exalted. We are baptized into sharing eternity with him and receiving God's perfect love forever. So, through this Lent, when you are thinking about the suffering of Jesus Christ, remember, you are being led to be thankful, led to be repentant. He did it all because he loved you. Amen. Now let us continue our worship by bringing forward our offerings to the Lord. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon, with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Holy Christian Church, here and scattered throughout the world, 
and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for all those who are in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all of our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and take them to heart, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Together we pray Luther's evening prayer. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day. And I pray that you would forgive me all my sins where I have done wrong, and graciously keep me this night. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless and preserve you. Amen. Amen. Remain standing as we sing our closing hymn together. <laughs>